world of tech, it is the few that dominate. The likes of Facebook, Apple, Alphabet, and Amazon are the behemoths that attempt to buy out all competition. The online world is characterized by a distinct lack of regulation, a digital world west, if you will. Is this a fundamental strength, the key for progression in this sphere that will dominate the future? Or is this harmful, the dominance of the few hampering novel innovation and free markets for fear that new voices will hamper profits? Or are we looking at this all wrong? Are the Zuckerbergs of this world damaging capitalism? Or are they actually capitalist heroes? Perhaps it's the capitalist system itself that is broken. Either way, this is a debate that certainly needs to be had. The digitization of life will continue at breakneck speed, especially with the advances of AI, and we will need to develop a relationship with this future. I am your host, Alexander Dennis, and welcome to POI Podcasts. So this week, I'm joined by Max Anderson of the Liberal team, Rebecca Selt of the Conservatives, and Henry McKeever of Labour. Rebecca, we are working from your source article, so my opener is to you. What are your thoughts on the giants within tech? Uh, that's a really interesting question. I'd like to start by saying that I think tech is extremely exciting. It has made so many things more accessible to people and the innovation that comes from tech is just pretty much constant. I do, however, um, believe that we have reached a point where tech companies simply hold too much power within the commercial market. I am concerned that the premise of the free market is drifting away due to how much power these tech giants have acquired over time and the choice that consumers have is becoming smaller. Okay, Henry, your thoughts? Um, hey, I think, uh, yeah, Rebecca makes a good point there. Like, definitely consumer choice is becoming uh, smaller in terms of the overarching companies that control uh, tech firms. But like, uh, as I stated in my article, Instagram is a new massive thing that we all have been using since 2012, roughly. And that was an innovation that it wasn't stifled by the tech giant system. It was actually brought up by the tech giant system. They paid them loads of money, allowed them to carry on developing it. And now it's one of the biggest apps out there. So I don't think it stifles innovation, would be my point. Okay, and Max? Yeah, uh, you know, whenever we seem to have a topic about tech, I seem to be saying the same thing to start. You know, it's, it's such a complicated method that politics and tech really don't seem to mesh very well. And it's a, such a like, new, innovative system that we've got in terms of taking on the capitalist system that we have at the moment. Uh, and I think we've got to be really careful in the decisions that we make. Um, but I think we've got to balance it. And I think there's, there's some sort of problems with the understandings of how, like, for example, Facebook work and like that we're lacking and how much the consumers can get to in terms of social media. There's so much. The problem is, is actually, I would say it's the suppliers rather than the consumers' problems at the moment. So I'd say it's actually the other way around from what people are worrying about at the moment. Okay. Rebecca, would you say that regulation is the answer? Pardon, so do you mind repeating that? No problem. Would you say that regulation of the big tech companies is the answer? Would you say that breaking up these, these kind of monopolies that they have, is, is that where you would go? Um, I certainly think that regulation is the way forward. Um, as I discussed in my um, there is the Sherman Anti Antitrust Act, and there are other, um, there are some other antitrust laws out there. But it is really difficult to sort of regulate them, and it is really challenging to prove when these companies are potentially breaching them. Um, and I think that that potentially is the problem. Um, I think we need to look at maybe ways to reform these laws and kind of crack down on on that issue. 
In terms of regulations in particular, what types of things would you be looking at? Would it be you know, a cap on the amount of takeovers within a, within a given financial year? What would be the, the types of ways that you would look at restraining their powers? So I think that we need to reform a law, an act um, called the Hart Scott Rodino Antitrust Improvements Act of 1976. Um, this law essentially means that they companies, um, when companies are acquiring a smaller company, they have to submit information and they have to be given the all clear um, by the Department of Justice. This is primarily in America. Um, but I think that this needs to be taken a bit further and companies should really provide an in-depth report of their goals and their business structure um, and this report would ideally be treated as evidence that these firms do not have the intention of monopolizing their market i think this would contribute to a better functioning free market can i can i come in here and just ask a quick question to rebecca and I, this is this is why i feel like already we start to maybe misunderstand the situation because if we talk about Amazon, you're completely right. I mean, like Amazon just go around monopolizing markets when they feel like it. If they go into pharmaceuticals tomorrow and they decide that they want to sell pharmaceuticals on a much you know, more personal platform to them, they can just overtake the market like that overnight. But if we talk to someone about Facebook, I mean, how is this applying to them? Because it's kind of the other way around. Like, let's take news, for example. 46% of all Americans get news from... Um, from Facebook, but they don't own any news companies. So how can they monopolize uh, uh, something that they don't, and this is where the antitrust laws maybe need to be really thought out. Maybe this doesn't even apply to monopolies because Facebook have a huge monopoly of news, yet they don't own news because they don't have any news companies. So how, how is this sort of regulation going to work for them? I'm just, I'm curious to your thoughts. I think it's not necessarily so much about news. I think the discussion of whether Facebook should become a news site is a whole, a whole different conversation. Um, I think it's more of an issue as we're kind of seeing this pattern appear within other tech companies. And for me, it's just an issue of, as I have no, you know, we have no idea how far this can all be taken how much more power can Facebook acquire? At, right now, maybe it's not so problematic, but when does that line get crossed? That's where I see the problem. Do we not think we've already strayed uh, too far, given that like the Zuckerbergs and the Bezoses of the world are now centi-billionaires, to the point where, what, what are we trying to stop? They've already become the richest, most powerful people on the planet in terms of industry. So where do these laws come into play? Like, as Max said, Facebook has a massive monopoly. My focus, at least, would be on uh, making sure that the power they yield, which they already have and we can't take away from them, needs to be regulated. So the content on Facebook, like Max said, the fact that you can openly lie in political ads on Facebook, that to me is more dangerous than um, them having the power because it, under the capitalist system we live in, people having power is championed people making money is championed the drive to always be the best is championed so surely it's the content and their social responsibilities we need to focus on rather than them just having the monopoly i i just like to maybe just uh, um, henry great question but i just want to kind of maybe um uh, clarify what i'm meaning is that i don't think facebook has a monopoly in any sort of terms they have a monopsony if i'm getting saying it right which is basically because they're the only consumers because we are part of Facebook's platform. So when BBC, let's say, want to get their articles out, the place they have to go to is Facebook. They have to advertise on Facebook. They have a, it's not that they're the ones monopolizing news, 
but they are the only consumers. The members of Facebook are the only consumers for them. So actually, it's a pro- this is a problem not for consumers. For us, it's great. We get free news. It's fantastic. I'm not complaining. But if I was the BBC, Guardian, Telegraph, Washington Post, whatever you want to say, whatever you want to point at, they have to give up free news to one organization, and that's to Facebook. So I think we're going to be really careful when we're saying a monopoly, because they don't technically have a monopoly over news. They just have a, a monopoly over consumers, because that's who, that's who they are, that's who we are, we're their members. So I think just be careful when we're clarifying that. I think um, on the, that's a really good point. Is, um, thank you, Max. Um, very, very interesting, very true. I think on the, on the topic of monopsonies, um, in my opinion, I believe that it is no longer a free market when you have four to five companies basically running the show because they have no competition. So when you have Facebook as a monopsony, there is really no, no competition and therefore no free market. Um, no one has a choice of where they're purchasing from is that they will eventually drive out all business if they're the only ones purchasing. I, th- I, th- I think that's actually a, that's a completely fair point, but I think we just got to, I don't, I'm not, not saying that it's not a good thing. Yeah. I'm not, not saying that it's a good thing. I'm just making sure I think we need to clarify because one thing that this conversation could go to is that actually the effects on people, the effects for us as the consumers is fantastic for this. We actually benefit but I'm not saying it's a good thing because I'm saying that businesses are really struggling. Well, actually, on the flip side, in a monopoly, it would be on the usually it's the consumers that would suffer because it's high prices, et cetera, et cetera. So then we just got to remember that this is this tech product issue that we're talking about is not a problem necessarily for us as the consumers because we benefit from great, fantastic tech. Most of it becomes free. I mean, look, you you think about the Netflixes, the Amazons, of, Amazon Video of the world, you know. I think just about Amazon purchasing stuff, you can get stuff tomorrow. If I ordered something now, I can get it tomorrow. That is fantastic for us. The people are getting kind of, you know, uh, really badly affected are the people who, let's say I want to get myself some pens tomorrow. I'm going to buy it through Amazon because I can get it tomorrow. Plus, I can't leave at the moment. But, you know, it's cheaper. It's faster. It's easier. And Amazon can just turn around to pen companies and say, yeah, we're going to lower our prices to make it as cheap as possible but you have to sell for us to us. So I think we've got to remember, just be aware that this is a problem. I'm not saying it's not a problem, but it is a problem for producers, not consumers. Okay, just to jump back in here quickly, just to nudge the conversation on a touch. What about responsibility? As Max has said, I think he said 42%, please correct me if I'm wrong, of Americans get their news from Facebook alone. To what extent should the platform be held responsible for that which is on their site? Let's start with Henry. Uh, I, I believe 100%. I think at the moment we, I mean... We've seen just a complete betrayal of any kind of morals from these massive companies. AOC, probably my favourite American politician at the moment, was grilling Zuckerberg the other week about the fact she could post fake ads on Facebook that would inform large swathes of the American public in an election campaign and Facebook would do nothing about it. Zuckerberg's reply was, well, I think people need to be allowed to see when someone's lied. This might sound strange, but I think that over... Uh, estimates how, uh, the intelligence and the effort people put into reading their news on Facebook. You scroll, you see it, it, it's assimilated into your brain. You don't go and investigate every ounce of truth in what you've seen on Facebook. That's the issue. So in terms of responsibility, both in terms of telling the truth and kind of social uh, social responsibility, I think these companies, that's where we need to target them. That's where we need to make sure uh, they're behaving in an appropriate manner. And also when Max was saying about ordering pens that will arrive the next day, and this not being a problem for consumers, being the classic lefty I am, that's a problem for workers because 
as we've seen, there's been many reports of ex-Amazon employees coming out saying their working conditions, their working hours and their pay are substandard and they're being treated in a manner which is disrespectful. So whilst we have these monopolies, we need to make, rather not monopolies, whilst we have these companies that massively benefit the consumer market with next day delivery, we need to make sure they're treating their staff correctly because social responsibility at the end of the day is the most important thing. Um, I'd like to build on that idea of um, social responsibility. Um, I certainly agree that uh, these companies are not fulfilling their social responsibility. Uh, An issue I have is that, you know, you have companies like Apple who are setting up offshore from the countries that they're actually operating in. And they're essentially not paying tax for the the countries that they're operating in. Um, I think that it's one thing for big tech companies to absorb turnover over time from smaller companies. You know, that's how capitalism works. How, but um, if those tax receipts are not being paid from said turnover, then what is the net effect on this tax company's growth? How does that affect the taxpayer? Um, and as these companies are growing and growing, when they do eventually crash, what's going to happen? Can, can I make, because I kind of want to respond to everyone there. <laughs> Sorry, I know it's typical of me trying to dominate the debate. But I, I think, first of all, Henry makes a fantastic point about this also affects workers. I think it was wrong that I didn't mention it because it is a really big problem, especially at Amazon. Uh, I know a couple of friends who work in the Amazon um, you know, system, and it's horrible, you know, it's really brutal work. And so I, th- I think it's completely right to, you know, bring that about. But I, I kind of want to deal with tax as well, because I think this, that's a really important issue maybe to delve into, but also in terms of monitoring news. I'm almost a tiny bit, there's, there's two things here. First of all, Facebook actually do a decent job at working what's called signaling and restricting to how much your news can be seen. Someone who runs a news site, I can tell you the pain that you have to go through to make sure that you're not spreading fake news, that you're not making it clickbaity. You know, they are actually decent. And I I know it's not, they're not brilliant, but they are, they are actually quite good at working. It's called signaling. The signaling programs, algorithms actually quite decent. And we've benefited a lot off it and understanding it and being able to use it because we, you know, we don't use fake news. We're pretty good in what we do. So we've benefited from that. And we actually get more than the restricted 10%, uh, because we're, we're reliable as a news source. So they don't, Facebook doesn't re- restrict us to 10% or, of our friends, family, whoever seeing our content. But is it not more powerful for these companies now to kind of decide what they can or cannot kind of put forward in terms of news? I mean, it, I almost think that's starting to sound a bit dystopian because, you know, social media is so important now for us having discussions uh, and talks and everything like that. And isn't it a bit dystopian to start thinking, yeah, let's give a private company the decision to decide what's fake news, what's good, what's bad. And I'm just kind of a bit, I'm a bit worried about that. But I also, and I don't know if anyone wants to come in there and say anything. If I can, I agree with you in principle that if we just let these people have control over what the truth is, that's a massive issue. But that's why regulation is so key. So elected officials who we, the people have voted for, are able to mandate and set out what is what can be posted. So maybe it's not a question of truth. It's a question of deliberately misleading. It's a question of inciting violence, like we saw with Trump when there was right air protests in America. Things like that, I think, should be, it's it's a black and white issue. Those things should not be posted on a site where people so easily get misinformed. That's just my perspective. I I, I think you're right there, Henry, in saying we need that I, I just, I wonder how that regulation is done. That's the Because I'm not saying that they shouldn't do this. They shouldn't regulate what, what's being published out. I'm just wondering how the, 
how do you do it? Because that is such a tough question. I mean, do you, you're going to have a, a government body that just sits and monitors everything that goes on. Maybe that's the right way to do it. But maybe, then the government can start, you know, turning around saying what's wrong. Do you only allow new sites or credited sources to actually be seen posted? Like, do you have to maybe get yourself credited? Do you have to get the blue tick for you to actually be seen on a big level? I'm just, it, it seems like this is such a, I mean, Twitter and Facebook already, uh, Facebook, actually Twitter are pretty terrible at it, but Facebook certainly are actually decent at restricting how much you can get seen. And it's incredibly hard if you're talking anything political to get bill past 10% because you're going to, it's virtually impossible actually. Because like we we can't do it because we're a politics side, you know it's it's it's, it's hard. So I'm just I, I don't know what else is it's it's going to be so hot, difficult. I mean I'm, I just don't know what the solution is in terms of how you regulate this, and I, I don't know if anyone has really good ideas on it. I mean it's completely right we need to do it, but what what one particular can we point to and go that's the solution? That's how we're going to work without someone having possibly abusive power over this. No, oh, sorry, go on. No, I was just going to move on the the debate a little bit. So, if you have a point, then please jump in. No, I think I think I think Max, you are you are correct. It's an incredibly hard thing to uh, to regulate. But as you said, I think it might actually require a government body being sat there day after day, combing through, making sure that these regulations are watertight. Because I think the emphasis needs to be on hate speech and deliberate misinformation. Mm. There is a difference between an opinion and a fact. I can have my Labour supporting opinions and be disagreed with on Twitter. And I take that. That's completely fine because I'm not right. They're not right. It's a debate. However, when someone is tweeting or posting deliberate misinformation, as was pointed out by AOC about uh, Republicans voting for the new Green Deal, which they had not done, she was pointing out a, like a, um, a clear issue, something that was patently false, and Mark Zuckerberg couldn't give her a straight answer about whether that would be allowed or not. That's my issue. So we're talking about fact and fiction, uh, deliberately misleading people. And I think it's causing so much, uh, so so many problems for our democracy uh, that we need to have a government body sit on that and just that's their only task. Mm, I, I, I think like, like Twitter did with Wiley a couple of weeks ago and, you know, stopping her, uh, his Twitter. I think that's actually a good where actually a good situation where you can go, yeah, that's the right yeah. thing to do. And I think, and I really, and I'm not, not, not saying that we shouldn't be doing this. I'm just seriously wired because we need to, when that happens, it needs a good response. Because otherwise, if you're simply, look, let's say you've got stupid person A and stupid person B. And stupid person A is screaming off anti-Semitic stuff or hate speech or just, you know, just Donald Trump. Um, you know, and I respond just saying, no, you can't say that and just cut you off. Stupid, stupid person B is going to listen to that. They're not going to listen to my point because all I'm saying is no. We need you need you need a good response to telling these people why they're stupid. Effectively, you need a you need a good response. I think sometimes just saying no is not always the right point because otherwise you're going to get these people who are listening to one side of the argument, which is completely wrong. But if there's no response if there's and maybe it's just uh, if it's twitter just banning it and saying this is why i kind of actually agree with that because at least you're saying why and you're giving people who are the stupid people who are undecided an opportunity to at least have a look at the conversation and that's why i get really kind of worried because if we just say no which i think is really good as a society we should say they're wrong i'm not saying we shouldn't we should 100 percent say they're wrong but we should say wrong and why 
so people who are viewing the conversation understand. Because otherwise, this is when you get conspiracy theories just exploding left, right, and center. And I, I don't know what everyone thinks about that, but that's, that's my concern, is that the lack of, we need to say no, and why? There needs to be that for other people who are coming through. Can I just jump in quickly? I think you've raised a really, really good point. I think that just saying no is not enough. We need to be educating and explaining why certain things should not be said, especially when people have so much influence on social media now. Um, mm. But with the Wiley situation, I feel I'm Jewish myself. And what, in my, in my opinion, I don't think Twitter or Instagram, Facebook technically, reacted very well at all. I think, it, you know, it took days for them to respond and say no at all. And it was extremely distressing for myself and a lot of the people in my community. And it wasn't until we protested on social media and we caused an uproar that anything was actually done. Mm -hmm. You know, we, we all spent loads of time reporting his account and I saw it from so many different people. And it wasn't really until we really, really made some noise that anything was done about it. So I don't think that, um, you know, these social media companies are really using their power in, in the right way. Okay, and just, I think, probably the final topic before we wrap up, but it is quite a big one. Let's take it to a geostrategic lens. I think, Max, you cited Tencent in China. Having minimal regulation has been incredible for them in terms of their growth and their experimentation. Is it important in the West to keep regulation minimal so that we can have the advances in AI, we can have these advances in the technology that's going to take us into the future against possible adversaries like China. Is it a thing that we should do? Should we bite the bullet in terms of the, the fake news and all of that in order to preserve the, the strength of the Facebooks, the, uh, the Microsoft, the Amazons um, going forward against adversaries like China? Let's start with you, Rebecca. Um, you know, I think that we, I think we do need more regulation. It's very concerning to me that um, the big, the, the five biggest tech firms in America are making up twenty percent of the S and P and five hundred index. It's very concentrated, and whilst you know less regulation does allow for for much more innovation, um, this much concentration. Um, you know, we could have a really huge crash again, like 20 years ago, and countries could go bust after this boom because of how large the proportion of wealth is. Okay, so the concentration is is the main issue. Max, obviously, this was your your response. How do you view the, the geostrategic aspect of it? Alex, I love it when you ask the hard questions. <laughs> you know, <laughs> um, it is an incredibly tough one. Because it's basically questioning, do we kind of give up our morals to take on China? That's basically the question that we're asking. Yeah. Uh, look, you, you've got to look at, and this kind of comes back to tax as well. I mean, you look at, the, the good thing, I suppose, in a kind of bad way, is because, you know, these major tech companies pay tax in only probably five or six countries around the world. They look for the tax havens, you know, they look at Ireland, they look at Indonesia, you know, so they, they broaden themselves out. And it's almost a good thing that, and the one thing that is monopolized is social media. There are three places you go for social media, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Those are, those are the three that you always go to, and unless you're in China. So the question kind of becomes, I think the most important one 
first thing we've got to ask ourselves is, do we want to remove our monopoly on social media? Because that's a huge benefit for us when looking at us at a global world. We're connect- we are connected through on our terms, I suppose, if you're thinking on a really like brutal like, war sense. Because it would be worrying if it was dominated by China with their social media platform, because theirs has tons of problems with it in terms of regulation, security. You know, we could go into days about the problems with theirs. So I, I, I suppose it's a good thing that we allow that social media to go, um, that monopoly to go on. But when it comes to then again, talk about tech and AI, again, we've got a really big problem because do we want to be left behind? No. Do we want to just allow these big companies to continue basically to rule the world and kind of, as you said, affect, you know, affect producers, affect workers and just actually really hurt capitalism. And, you know, and I don't really care what people say in Bill Gates donating his money. He donates 3% of his money. Most people donate 4% on charity. So even though they're spending billions of pounds in terms of charity, they're not actually doing that much. It's it's one of those that's just impossible to answer. I think I'm rambling. (laughs) <laughs> because I'm trying to buy myself time. I, I, I can't answer it. I don't know, because it's, it's such an impossibly hard com- answer to give, really. I think it's always virtually impossible. But I think it's, it's important to discuss, but I, I just can't answer it. It's impossible. I think personally impossible. Okay, and Henry, your thoughts? Uh, I think it's important, potentially, that we focus on ourselves and stop the us versus them narrative, which seems to be erupting again, uh, between the West and the East. Uh, I think the UK tech firms should not be focusing on a cyber war with China, but should be focusing on their own responsibilities to their own communities and their own societies. I think building up hostility and tensions through what is essentially a race to the top to have the most advanced technology is a dangerous thing, as we saw in the Cold War when we did this, but with weapons. I don't think we need to see everything through a hostile lens. I think actually sometimes it would be better to take a step back from the global scene and just try and sort out ourselves. I also think having social media is having a monopoly is kind of implicitly like, sorry, it's inherent to social media. I wouldn't go on a social media that only had 15 users. It needs to have 15 million users because there, then I can see different opinions. I can talk to my friends. I can find people I met on a night out. If it had 15 people, what would be the point of it? So a social media monopoly is just like a necessity of the market. With But in terms of, in terms of say, a focus on like Chinese tech companies, my stance, which may be wildly naive, is just let them do what they're doing. We will do what we're doing. And hopefully both societies can come out the end of it in a better state than when they started. But it doesn't need to be focused on hostility. Or I hope it doesn't have to be focused on hostility. I hope I can kind of build on what Henry says there. And I, actually, everything he says is completely right. The, the only problem I have, and this is this is the only way, and I've kind of been changing my mind on the China, about our relationship with China at the moment. And when it comes to tech, I think it's even more important because I, I've seen firsthand what it's like when China dominate a country. Like I was lived in Uganda. And I've seen firsthand of when China, China rule their industry, their infrastructure, everything from their tech to their roads. Basically, their government is corrupt, is corrupted mm-hmm. to, to the core. And it's a slave country. It really, they literally use Uganda like slave labor. It is horrible. It really is horrible when you say, see 
how the Chinese businessman treats uh, Ugandans. It is, is sickening. And I'm not saying that the whole time is going to be I'm not saying they're doing that every single clip. I do think it is important to at least be competing where they shouldn't almost they monopoly as a or anything they want to offer. And I think tech, as it's not only whether we care, we actually manage to survive as a major com- uh, country. It's a company, though. God, that was a bit. Um, you know, the only reason why we're managing to stay at like, the UK is the reason why the top of the world of tech. It's kind of going to lose this spot, but that's another conversation. I really worry if China just continues to steamroll us and leave us in the dust, and they then start to control, and they'll never control social media. That, that, that's the one thing they'll luckily will always have control of. Um, but in terms of AI and everything like that, it's almost so vital that we stay competing with them to not allow, not us, because it will take thousands of years for that to change, but especially smaller countries. Like I'm thinking of the Indonesias, the Malaysias, you know, who are having China creep in on their territory. You know, you've got, you've got meetings about important issues in the, uh, Asia, and you've got one US official turning up, and you'll have 25 Chinese officials turn up, ready to give them advice, ready to give them help. And I'm, I'm just, it's, I'm worried. And I'm not, not trying to make a snap answer, but, you've got to think of China's actions in the last couple of months with Hong Kong, with Muslims and what they've been doing to Africa for the last 10, 15, 20 years because we've abandoned them. I'm just worried. That's all I'm saying. I'm not saying that we need to go to war with them because, as I said a couple of weeks ago, Huawei was a completely stupid decision. But I think we've just got to be, you know, we've got to be competing. We can't just roll over. That's that's what I don't want to give up our moral judgment, but I do. I'm worried. I'm just like, you know, I'm just dealing with this dilemma, if that makes sense. Okay, and Rebecca, your concluding comment, would you say that it would be naive of us to leave the monopoly of AI, for example, to the clutches of China? I think certainly, uh, Max makes a fantastic point, and, um, you know, we we should be worried, and it is important that we do keep up. But the thing that does concern me the most is in the process of trying to keep up with China, how much are we going to shoot ourselves in the foot? And um, how much are we concentrating economic and political power to these com- like with these companies? Um, and what if it all kind of falls apart in, in the process of trying to keep up? That's what concerns me. Okay, well, thank you very much, everybody. But that is all we have uh, this week on POI Podcasts. You've been joined by Max, Henry, Rebecca, and myself. We'll see you next week.